Okay, good evening everyone. For those listening to the recording, we watched a video called Let's Bake Matzah on Chabad.org. And we also had the opportunity to hear from Yosef David, who's on hand in Yuma, Arizona, currently watching the wheat for Shmur Matzah for next year already, of course. Oh. He's watching it for, for so the... he's going to be there during Pesach. Absolutely, absolutely. He's going to be there for <coughs> Pesach itself. And what we, what we observed clearly from the video and from talking to him is that there is a tremendous amount of energy yeah. that goes, uh, goes into the matzah. What I'd like to cover with you, hopefully in the next 15 minutes, is two pointers. Number one is I'd like to discuss the difference between yeah. handmade shmur matzah and machine-made shmur matzah, which again, when we said the, the, the you know, the topic of tonight's class is why is shmur matzah worth $18 a pound? If you buy it machine-made, it's oftentimes still half the price. So what is the difference between machine-made and handmade? That is one point that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about is there a reason for, for matzah to be round? And um, if we conclude, we have some fascinating insights to the Seder plate. Let's move you know, once we have this, let's look at it together. Uh, what do you think? Which of the two Seder plates incorporates the Kabbalistic insights of Pesach? We have one beautiful um, round one, number two, it's a circle, and then you have number one, which is, a, which is in this weird shape. Which of these two is, Kabbal is the appropriate Kabbalistic insight? And I heard Basha, thank you so much, I heard you sharing that earlier. If you remember, this goes back, it fits perfectly with what we learned, the ten Sfirot, the ten attributes. The ten attributes are in a triangle, and we discussed this um, in, chapter, in chapter 3 as we were going through them. The Seder plate has two triangles, two segels. So, which essentially means, let's go back over here, you see you have one triangle and another. And, and that is corresponding to these two triangles. Oh. Um, the top three, Chachma, Bina, and Das, Wisdom, um, understanding, and knowledge represent the three matzos. Represent them. The next nine attributes are represented. The next six attributes are represented by the six parts of the seder plate. This is not mine. If you look in your handout, in number one, look in your handout. Please join me. It says the three matzos represent the three intellectual faculties of chachma, bina, and das. The six items, the bone, egg, etc., correspond to the six emotional faculties of chesed, gevura, etc., the arizal. So when you're looking for a Seder plate, this would be a very beautiful and holy Seder plate because it incorporates all of the Kabbalistic insight. Which leads me to this amazing question. I know I'm leaving from the matzah for a minute, but I love this. This is outstanding. Look at this. The maror, the maror, is in the middle. The middle over here is Tiferous beauty. How does the maror, the bitter herbs, go in the middle? More precise would be to put the maror, the bitter herbs, on the left where the egg is because the left represents Givura, strictness, stringency. Remember we have Chesed, kindness, Givura, stringency, Tiferous beauty. How does the maror end up in the section of beauty? What about Mara's beautiful? It's reminding us of something horrific. What? What is? Amazing question. Do you do you like the question, Basha? Hard work. Round of applause for the question. <laughs> oh, okay, good. No, it's so. Let's look at this inside, and the answer is even is even greater. Number two, 
The mirror should be placed on the left of the Seder plate since it is a representation of harshness and discipline. When someone cries, the answer, when someone cries from the bitterness of his heart, how he is far from God and wants to rectify the situation, he elicits from above, Rachamim Rabim, abundant mercy. So the bitterness sometimes brings out beauty. The mother, that crying, crying, you know they say when you hit rock bottom, you can only go up from there. When you hit rock bottom, oftentimes we're going to arouse from Hashem beauty. We're going to arouse from Hashem this compassion. And that is why Mara is there. Very, very important lesson. And I do hope all of you will share this at your, at your table by the Seder. Such a beautiful idea that Mara may be harsh and may be disciplined, but nonetheless, it could bring up from Hashem the greatest and most amazing um, powers. Rachamim Rabin. So, does anyone mind if we go a few minutes over? If you do, you'll walk out. Because <laughs> okay. so, we're going to focus on matzah, but I do want to share with this idea with you. And again, Vashti, you hit it. On the, you hit it. I heard you uh, talking earlier. According to Kabbalah, the matzah, which represents the three attributes of in, the three aspects of intellect, need to be higher than the seder plate, which represents the six emotions. So why is it that we put the Seder plate on top of the matzos? If the matzah represents the three aspects of our intellect, then it's greater. So why are we putting the Seder plate on top of the matzos? David, what do you think about the question? I won't wait and let you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the foundation. The fa tell me. Oh, what is oh, I like that. I like it. Put on the bottom for the foundation. Beautiful. Beautiful idea. So, let's, let's now go to talk about matzah. Number one is, is there a reason according to halacha that the matzah needs to be round? Or is it oftentimes when I talk about round matzah, people tell me, yeah, just when you roll it out, it becomes round. Is there a reason it needs to be mound? Well, Round. Well, again, and what, everything I'm going to share with you now that's going to be on the board is in your handout. So I do, I do highly encourage you to use your handout. But the Torah tells us in Exodus 12.39 that they baked the dough that they had taken out of Egypt as unleavened cakes for it had not leavened. Cake is round. Fantastic! So, now this is a Talmudic aspect. What did you say? The cake, cakes are round. The Torah says they bake the dough that they had taken out of Egypt as ugais matais, unleavened cakes, and says Rashi, what is a cake? A cake is round. So okay. from here we have, uh, yes, please. It's also a symbol of wholeness. Yeah, absolutely. So yes. they morph into square? Square is a technicality. I, the truth is I have an amazing video, and I'd love to show it to you. It's a 10 minute video of the machine made matzah. Um, factory. It's really cool and there's a lot you can learn from it. But it's this machine made is a technicality. Um, right, so, yes, please. When, when the carbon matzo were... The carbon Pesach? No, the wheat and oil ones. Yes. Were they round also? The, there's three different types of them, many. Um, but what, yes, one of them was the matzo that we know of. Okay. Yes. 
what is Shemura Matzah and, and I'd like to go through a few details, it was all on the video, but to go through it fast. You know the Torah says you shall observe Ushmartem es hamatos, observe the commandment of unleavened bread. And what is it? Ushmartem means to guard. Shemura. Shemura Matzah. Guard the Matzah. What do you need to guard? And so we learn that you need to guard the, the wheat. Now, what is not on this, it's in your handout, I'd like to just quote it to you. According to some of the great sages, this guarding needs to be immediately after the harvesting time. That's the first you need to harvest, you need to guard it. The custom, the sages said, is it's enough to guard the wheat from when it's brought to the mill. Okay, so we have an argument. Do you need to guard the wheat? from after it's cut to make sure it doesn't get in contact with water? Or do you need to guard it from when it's actually brought to the mill? And that was what Yosef David was saying. But they guard it from when it was seedlings to not have Yosef water. David. Yosef yeah. David is doing an extreme chumrah, an extreme strict opinion to have the best matzah possible. That's what he was sharing with us. He does something that he's working for a community that wants to take this all the way. I thought, uh, I thought guarded also considered that barley doesn't go into the wheat and it's guarded from the seeds even. So that you're able to do from when you harvest it. Oh. From when you harvest it you can make sure you know which crop it is. Right. Um, okay so what is matashmur? It means literally we're watching the grain. Now one of the things, and, and I don't know if you saw that on the video, it's, it was talking about the water. The water used for matzah has to be fascinating water. It has to be water that was <coughs> taken out from a well and let sit overnight. We don't want it to be too hot. We don't want it to be too cold because if the water is hot or cold, it could have a different effect on the flour. It has to be, we have to take it out the night before and actually you could see this was a special celebration um, where the Rebbe would actually take out the water the night before and they would leave it out overnight. But this is, I myself did it. If you make matzah, you do it. You take the wa water the night before and you leave it out in, in, in uh, room temperature. Now, let's look at machine-made matzah versus hand-made shmura matzah. Now again, I want to say the idea of shmura matzah has nothing to do with machine or handmade. Shmura just means the wheat is guarded. You could have shmura machine-made matzah. And there is shmura machine-made matzah. Our question now is, is there a reason to get the $18 box of matzah? That's, that's the title of the class and we will talk about that. It's a, it's a fundraiser? Well, I'd like to show you, it's much, much, I'd like to share with you three insights to why we are so careful to try for the Seder at least to use the handmade shmur matzah. Number one, can a machine think? Well, the matzos one uses to fulfill his obligation of matzah on the first two nights need to be made for the sake of the mitzvah. By an adult Jew, at least 13 years and one day old, um, or a, woman, a Jewish woman who has at least 12 years and one day old, at every stage the workers need to say, L'shem 
matzos mitzvah, for the sake of the mitzvah, even when drawing the water. That's what you see here. This is in a bakery. Um, and actually, I was in a matzah bakery, like I said, and every few minutes they're screaming, repeat after me, l'shem matzos mitzvah. So over here it says, everything I'm doing today, involved in the matzot, I'm doing it with the intention of matzot mitzvah. Machines can't think. So this is one question that comes to machines. But the guy that programs that machine. Correct. And that, correct, and that is one of the responses. That, yes, machines can't think, but the person who presses the initial button, if he's Jewish and he does it for the sake of the mitzvah, perhaps, that will do the job. Fair that enough. Suffice. That will suffice. Good? It also negates the idea of creating employment. <laughs> okay, okay. Another point, cleanliness. You know, this Reb Shlomo Gantzried in his Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, he writes that one should take care after every 18 minutes, one cleans well the vessel and also wash, washes the handles. And if you, if you, again, if you saw in the video, oh, I'm sorry, every few minutes, they, every matzah in a really special matzah bakery, every matzah they make, they sand down the, the um, wooden sticks. I personally did it. You're in a two by four, you get covered in suit, and you go home and you take a shower. It's quite hectic. But every single matzah you make, Every, you saw those big tables with all the ladies making matzah? Within 18 minutes they make a ton. Every matzah they make is on a different stick. So now, one of the complications of machines are they're very intricate, they're very detailed. And it's almost practically impossible in these complicated machines to be able to properly clean every single detail out every 18 minutes. This machine, anyone recognize it? This is the first Mani, this is the first Manishevitz matzah machine created. So it's actually a historic picture. But th so the second <laughs> the second issue that comes up again the first one we mentioned was can machines think? Second of all is the issue of cleanliness which when it comes to Pesach we have to be so careful are we able to every 18 minutes clean out a machine from top to bottom? And third of all and this perhaps is a primary issue that comes up with machine with machines. Can it beat the clock? You know, we say there's 18 minutes. Earlier, Vicky mentioned there's 18 minutes from when you the water, water and flour is put together till it needs to be baked. That's a tradition. That tradition is based off of the heat of our hands. Oh. Machines give off a different type of heat. They give off more heat. That heat itself could, could have an effect and make the dough rise under 18 minutes. Again, this tradition of 18 minutes is only when the matzah is being made using the heat of hands. Right? Additionally, our tradition that fermentation occurs if the dough is left unworked for 18 minutes applies to dough that was prepared by hand. We have no tradition as to when this will occur in dough prepared by machine. Because it is feasible that such dough will ferment more quickly, we should be stringent, these authorities contend, and retain the original hand method of preparation. So, in summary, is machine-made matzah kosher for Pesach? Yes, 100%. But is Shmore is matzah worth $18 a pound 100% for the Seder? 
because when it comes to Pesach, we want to be able to do the best we can. Remember, eating that matzah gives you health and faith. The first night of Pesach, we eat matzah, it gives us faith. The second night of Pesach, eating matzah gives us health. And we want to get that faith. We want to get that health. And therefore, it's important to try and make sure that we're eating matzah that we know is made every step for the sake of the mitzvah. It's important to make matzah that we know is the machine, the the um, utensils were cleaned every 18 minutes and it's important to eat, you eat matzah that we're sure do not rise based on our tradition of 18 minutes. Any questions? Yes, Gershon. Um, maybe we're going to go over this. Um, I can't remember how, how much is the quantity if you went over the splash here. How much is the quantity that you have to eat? Uh, could I, I'm going to answer that at the end of the oh, class. No but absolutely, I'll be happy to answer that. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to conclude by talking about that original question we we'd recently asked. It's not the original question. The question we recently asked, which is, why is the Seder plate on top of the matzah? If the Seder plate represents the six lower attributes and the matos represent the three faculty, the three um, um, wisdom, knowledge, and understand, understanding and knowledge. So you just won. 123 million dollars. Baruch Hashem. And Melissa will be giving Meiser 10% of a. Yeah, so. <laughs> do you feel you will be able to remain sane? And I, by raise of hand, I'm asking an honest question here. How many people truly feel that they'll be able to win tomorrow a lottery of 123 million dollars and be able to handle that pressure? And I will share with you personally, I'm going to keep my hand down. But I'd like to end it, but I'm asking an honest question. How many people feel, here feel that they'll be able to take it in? Beautiful. And I think that's awesome. I, th I really think that's awesome. Okay. Okay. But I could share with you that many people, we all go for the lottery. But I know many people that they're like, wait, if I really win this, <laughs> what's going to happen, you know? Why? Because that we're going to have a lot of energy coming our way. We'll have a lot of money. But we're just not a receptacle. We're not yet ready to be able to handle that. And every godly energy has a receptacle. That means whenever there's an energy from Hashem, there's a receptacle for that. The, ener the energy for sight has a receptacle of our eye. The energy for hearing has a receptacle of our ear. The energy for feeling has a receptacle. Every godly, godly energy has, has a receptacle. In Kabbalah, these are very important words. They're called Or, Light, and Kli, the vessel. Oros Bekelem. Anyone heard this expression before? Oros Bekelem? Oros, Or, Energy, Bekelem, and Vessels. So now, each of the ten Sifirot has its own cup made from the correct measurements to receive its, particularly, its particular godly flow. So every one of the ten Sifirot has energy and has a vessel. Okay. So we're supposed to drink ten cups? 
<laughs> Let's look in our handout at number 12. The matzah hints to the kli receptive. The matzah, if, if we should actually try and look for matzah that is bent by the Seder for this very purpose. Your matzah should not be precisely flat. You should try and have a little indentation. So it can absorb the... Uh, Fantastic, because the matzah is a receptacle. The, 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 the plate, it was flat. Right, well, right you're, t uh, you're talking about absorbing the plate. The I'm talking about absorbing the energy, the godly energy. Sorry, no, no, no. You'd, we're do they're both good. That's why it can't be cracked, right? The matzah should not be cracked. Yeah. Good, good. What is placed on the matzah hints to the or the energy. That means the seder plate is the energy. The custom, therefore, is to use indented matzah, a vessel. Okay, I'm, let's see what we're talking about. The three matzot are cups. They're cups of the intellect, but they're cups. The six parts of the Seder plate are the wine. They're the energy flowing in. So now, which one should go on top? Well, you can't put, you can't put a cup on top of energy. The energy won't go anywhere. So we put the energy, the Seder plate on top of the matzo, the, <coughs> the cups. Is that, is the Chabadman fun to do the Seder plate on top of the matzo? No, actually, just a moment before the class, I Googled it. It's not at all. If you look at these fancy Seder plates, they're silver, and there's a Seder plate, and you open it up, and you put the matzos in. Yeah, Anyone see? Curtain around. Yeah, yeah. This is, it's not at all a Chabad custom. It's a, I'm not. Oh, I, I used to make them for customers. You made the, uh, the plates? I made uh, the custom Seder for Pesach. So here we have the perfect order. We have the Seder plate is the wine and the and the matzah are the cup and that is why the Seder plate goes on top of the matzah so let's let's summarize what we've learned today and then I'll be happy to take any questions and perhaps I'll be able to give you the answers so we started off discussing how we make Shmur matzah and we, we saw the great effort and energy that goes into it we discussed we were privileged to have a hands-on Skype interview with someone hands-on on a field watching the wheat. We went ahead and we discussed the maror and how the Seder plate is in two triangles, like two segels corresponding to the six sefirot of chesed, gevura, tiferes, netzachot, yesod. We discussed why the maror is in the middle. It should be on the left-hand side like gevura, but we said because that bitterness could bring out Hashem's great mercy. And we concluded discussing machine-made matzah versus shmur matzah, the differences, and why the Seder plate goes on top of the matzah. Yes? Our Seder plate, well, we have many, but the Seder plate we usually use are metal or china, and won't that crack the matzah? It will. And I would suggest, so if you're using that, I wouldn't put it on top of the matzah. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. It makes 
No, good point. And, and that's what you see on top. It's, this is like a plastic Seder plate. Yeah. <laughs> are, there, are there any other questions? Gershon, regarding the size of the matzah you need to eat. You have to eat it in 30 minutes, right? You have to eat the matzah between 4 to 6 minutes. Um, when we eat the matzah, we should try and eat to the minimum one matzah. Uh, sorry, half a matzah. Half a matzah each time we need to eat. That means we need to eat by mochi matzah, by when we ate the matzah alone, we should try and have half a matzah. We should try and have half a matzah when we make the sandwich, the korach sandwich. Mm -hmm. And we should have half a matzah when we eat the safo and the afikoman. Someone that can't eat, eat half a matzah should try to the very least to eat at, at least one third of a matzah. But, but uh, we should try our best to do half a matzah. That's one of an egg. It's actually the equivalent of a kezayis, of an olive. But the measurements of olives that we have today are different from the ones they had back then. They were They were bigger, yes, yes. Are there any other questions? Yes. Did you say that we're supposed to have a half of a, half of a, uh, half of a whole? Half of a whole. Half of a whole matzah. Okay, and then this is kind of silly. In four to six minutes, correct. Correct. Yes. This is silly, but I can't figure out how they made it round. Lonnie and I were wondering, we didn't see it in the, in the video, how does it take on the round shape? So, I've just seen it happen. I, these women have a talent, they're able to somehow dig in and just roll it out in that shape. I, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to fly with anyone to New York and, <laughs> and see it. That's a good question, I don't know the answer. The machines gave up a long time ago. <laughs> no, have, have you made the pies? Yeah. Well, you know, when you roll it, it goes out, and when you go like that, it goes like that. Nobody makes dough anymore. <laughs> but it's how you look. Are there any other questions about Pesach that we could try and answer before we conclude? Well, I got a question about the, uh, the flour. Yeah. So, Yosef uh, Dovin. They're they're hard, they're growing the wheat this year for next year's Passover. Correct. Wow. Correct. They're going to be harvesting the yeah. So what are they going to do with the flour? So how quickly after the wheat is harvested is it ground to flour immediately? That's a fascinating question. I don't know and the then, answer. And then what do they? How do they store it to ensure that it doesn't become? Oh, they have people guarding it just like this. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to have to guard it for. They're going to have to guard it for most of half a year. I'd like to share with you that. That's disturbing. The matzah bakeries—they bake matzah way before Pesach. You know, so okay. they're actually not going to be holding it for so long. Okay. Yeah. But they could be. So when do they start? Baking the matzo. It depends on demand. You know, years ago. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it depends right. on the demand. Oh, okay. Correct. That, that's actually another question. <coughs> Somehow, thank you, Chabad. I got some extra shmura matzo last year. I still have a box from last year. That's Is there any, It's sealed. That's perfect. You can use it. No problem at all. No problem. No I know David had a question. Does the idea of the receptacles have anything to do with klipa? Oh. Everything in life that's going to be the same for klipa has energy and a receptacle. So klipa similarly 
would have the energy of the klipa and the receptacle. But it's a, sh a, a hard shell. How could it absorb? Well, there is negative energy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we have to keep away. Anything we have to keep away from has negative energy in it. Non-kosher non -kosher food, correct, correct. Okay, thank you everyone, and have a wonderful, happy, and kosher Pesach. <laughs>